to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. And we're saving you 15% when you order online. abotanicalcompany.com, discount code COLBYSHOW for 15% off your online order. Once again, abotanicalcompany.com, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. My weekly Wednesday guest is Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, good morning. What's going on? How much? How's it going? I'm so over this rain and cloudiness, and I, I need sunshine. I need nice weather. Uh, it's really, you know, when now that it's been like a week solid, it's really having a negative impact on my mental state. Yeah, when did... Uh... Oklahoma City turned into Seattle because it's like I I was th- I've been thinking about it a lot lately and uh you know I'm no expert like those guys on TV but uh when's it like we haven't had at least Oklahoma County we haven't had I don't think there's been a, even a severe thunderstorm warning in Oklahoma County this spring Well get ready for tomorrow because tomorrow okay. is supposed to be pretty wild. That's, I guess they're saying, what, like, baseball-size hail potential, 80-mile-an-hour um, winds, or uh, maybe 60-mile-an-hour winds. I don't know. I was half asleep when I, I caught the weather this morning. And then, uh, like, tornadoes possible all day. So tomorrow's supposed to be really wild. But That's what I was – okay, that's what I was yeah. uh, seeing. But still, though, I mean, to go to May 27th, and we haven't even had a severe thunderstorm warning in Oklahoma County. Yeah. And then uh, – yeah, and then last year there was just nothing. It's weird. It's been like 20 months since we've had a tornado warning, I'm pretty sure, yeah. in Oklahoma County. Yeah, instead we've just turned into London, right? It's right. just foggy and gloomy and gray every day. I, I ugh, It was terrible. Like, I, I think, what day was that over the weekend? We had like one day where, like for half the day, finally, like the clouds went away. There was some sunshine. It was like, holy cow, I forgot what blue sky looked like. And then, uh, you know, the next day the, the gray was back. Yeah. I've been, uh, I don't know if it's attributed, but I've been like really low energy lately too. Maybe it's cause I haven't had any like vitamin, actual yes. good amounts of vitamin D in like two weeks. Same. Yeah. I've, yeah, I'm ready for, uh, God, it sucks though, because this going away, the other side of that is it's going to get really hot and be 105 degrees. And that's not enjoyable for anybody either, but I'm okay with it though. I can live with one Oh five compared to this. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't mind the heat, man. Like it's, you know what? Like you can still get out. It doesn't prevent you from doing really anything you want to do. You just maybe have to take extra measures, but you can still do pretty much anything you want. Like when it's I, raining, it limits what you can do. I th- I don't know. I think I think I'm a. I think I'd take. I just need a mixture. I think that's what it is. I can't. I just don't want it to be cloudy and rainy every day, and I don't want it to be 105 every day. So, I guess I'm ready for some heat and sunshine now because yeah, like you said, this is. It's killing me, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, just tired all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm with you. It's like when it's gray outside. Uh, it's like you said, I think it, it has something to do with your body getting the, the vitamin D from the sun or whatever. Cause I, I definitely have a lack of energy on these days. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, me getting five hours of sleep could also contribute to me being pretty tired, but it's it's the sun. It, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't need I, to go to bed before three. Yeah, me starting uh, Army of the Dead at midnight last night on Netflix probably doesn't help. Like, I, I should probably be going to sleep at that point, but instead it's midnight and I'm like, hey, I should start a movie. Well, I mean, dude, you got some time to start a movie. Why not? You know, it's it's the only time I can watch a movie like that. To be honest with you, you know, yeah. it's like I, not, I I don't have a lot of time like that where I can just watch a zombie movie to myself. You're not hurting anybody other than potentially yourself. So yeah. it's a victimless crime, right? That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I should probably be asleep, but right. The only one that's going to pay for it is me. So yeah, well, and everybody around me because I'll be cranky as hell, and uh, you know, well, but hey. Hey, man, if they stick around, that's their fault. That's Look, right. I'm cranky. That's if right. You want to be around me when I'm cranky? That's it's on your you. Choice. I'm not it's your choice. Either. Yeah. <laughs> Little man benefits from it, though, because those are the days where I'm like, just go play video games. You know, like I'm like, I don't have the energy. Just go play video games. And he gets to play video games for like hours. Well, there you go. There's no time limit on the video games or the uh, the streaming of cartoons on Disney Plus. Yeah. He hits the jackpot on the days that I'm dragging ass. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Those are good days. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, I got a, I took, I, I accepted a job last week. I hired at, uh, at a, at a company delivering packages. I won't say which was very specific, nice. Very but, nice. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Just something needs some money. Yeah. You know, some extra money. And then, uh, anyway, it's just reminded me cause I haven't like actually went through the job process in six Let's see, it would have been, I guess, 20, like, 2014 was the last time that I actually went through any type of real job hiring process. Yeah. Because I just, at the radio station, I I got my intern and the interview for the internship was just, I mean, you, we all know what it's like up there. Like, right. It wasn't anything formal. I'm pretty sure somebody came in and made a racist joke in the middle of my interview. And then that, like, that was it. So it wasn't any, even anything like serious. Right. This uh, is same thing for I... me. Like I, I, I interned at the sports animal and literally like before the internship was even over, they were just like, Hey, do you want to continue on after the internship? Like on an hourly basis? Right. And I was like, of course I do. And that was it. Like it, there was never any sort of like, I think like at one point I had to sit down with the program director for like five minutes just to like have some sort of like official exchange of like, okay, the, like this is the situation, but they had basically already said, hey, like, if you want to, we're going right. to let you come on as an hourly employee. Same. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened at the franchise. But uh, anyway, so I just – I look, I hate the whole process. I've applied for uh, dozens of dozens of jobs over the past few months and really over the last year. Um, but first off, if you are doing a job like – application thing and you're the one hiring for the love of god why are you having me upload a resume and then hand type everything in on the website too yes god that drives me insane and the autofill never works it never correctly fills anything so you have you have to hand type everything and it's so especially when you have like the bullet points on a resume yes it doesn't exactly how i do it exactly yeah because I try to make my resume look nice and, you know, right. easy to read. Yeah. And so I can upload it and you can read it, but not so I can, you know, read it, read my resume and hand type everything into the online document. So that pisses me off first off. <laughs> and then I hate, even more, I hate interviews. 
I just I cannot stand going to interviews and then them just reading like the corporate questions, like mandated questions off a piece of paper. Yeah, dude, I don't know when I had a situation at work where I didn't get along with a coworker. I don't know. I just go to work. I don't like fantasize about how I had this issue at work and what steps I took to resolve the issue and how it turned out. Like, I don't. I just don't think about stuff like that. I just yeah. go to work, and then I leave work, and I don't think about it. Yeah. I My biggest issue with the whole process is the whole cover letter thing. Like, my resume says everything that I feel like my cover letter says. Like, it, it almost feels like I'm just basically repeating the same thing, only with, like, a more personalized version of it. You know what I mean? Right. You want to read a you want to read a list of bullet points of things that I've accomplished and things I can do, or do you want to read a, a letter that's a page long, right. About how bad I want this job, right? Like I feel like I'm saving you time by you just having my resume and reading like what I've done, and then if you feel like I'm a worthy candidate, let's converse. You know, like I I don't mind the interview process actually. Like I. I get what you're saying about the the annoying like corporate questions, you know, depending on on where you're interviewing. But the idea of the whole cover letter thing is infuriating to me. I absolutely I hate it. Right. I mean, I've had good interviews where I go in and it's very conversational and like, yeah, I feel like the person interviewing me is trying to get to know me instead of just. I mean, what do you how do what do you really learn from a person by asking them about like you know, times they didn't get along with a coworker. What do you like? What are you really learning about them? Cause it's, the, yeah. they're going to, it's you're they're, They know that that answer, that question is coming and it's going to be completely, uh, you know, pre-planned and fabricated. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you know, like, so how can you really even trust what they're saying? So maybe that's like the whole deal of like, just thinning the herd or like weeding out the, like if you're, if you're going to be like, yeah, I've had lots of issues, then obviously you're just not a, can like if, if you can't even figure out, like, hey, I, I probably, like, do they actually want honesty? Like, would, would anybody prefer somebody to be like, yeah, I've had an issue? Well, yeah, I mean, one of my jobs that I got hired at back in the day, uh, they asked me if I had any, like, work-related issues, any, like, issues with my past jobs or anything. I was like, yeah, you know, I've had problems being on time. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I like <laughs> your honesty. Uh, I'll hire you. Seriously? Job. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I like the honesty, so I'm going to offer you the job. Nice. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I guess it helps. It would be, be really ironic if you got fired for being late, like that later would, on. That would be fair. I'm like, I told you. You can't be mad. I told you. Uh, I, I love that job, though. I, uh, I quit to move up to Oklahoma, but yeah, it's uh. I don't know, man. I'm I'm glad that I finally got a job and I can quit stressing about it because nice. the job I was doing before was like ten. It was contract work, like ten ninety nine, like just rideshare yeah. stuff. And right. I don't. I, I've gotten to the point where I don't know that I can trust myself to put myself on at work as much as I need to. When I, you know, could just say, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. You need, and then I never you need structure, right? You need. Yeah, I need. Yeah. I'm at the point where I need somebody to tell me there you go. that I need to be somewhere. I like it. Uh, yeah, the, the whole like job search thing is, is I, I can't stand it. It's not fun. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster. I, mean, I had I interviewed for a ra at a radio station last year and I thought the interview went really well. I mean, I was on the phone with their, 
with a program director for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Like just, just talking. I mean, and, and I didn't really get any of the, you know, jargon questions like we was, were talking about. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure they, maybe they just had somebody more local cause it was, it was out of the state yeah. that they went to or somebody that was already at the station and they just, you know, promoted them. So like, I didn't take it personal, but it's, it was a bummer, man. And that, that, I think that's just the whole job search is it's just going to be a lot. It's like baseball. You're going to, yeah. you're going to strike out a lot more than you're going to get on base. Right. Yeah. You just gotta, you gotta hope to, uh, to hit 300, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. that would be, that'd be hall of fame numbers. So probably, yeah, not I, I'm hoping to go, I'm hoping to go yeah. one for 10. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Let's get a base hit occasionally. Right. Yeah. It's, I've had a couple interviews, uh, like you said, with radio stations out of state uh, over the last year, and they all went really well. Um, None of them turned out to be like the right opportunity for me to take. Uh, But, you know, and, and, you know, when you have a kid and, um, you know, Lauren obviously has a career here, like there, there are a lot of other elements beyond just like, oh, there's a radio job open. Sure, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so... A um, little more complicated than just like job opening. Uh, we would love to have you. Sure, I'll take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna move. Um, but yeah, like I like I said, the interview process doesn't bother me. Uh, it's the it's the you know the written cover letter, resume, all that like getting to the point that you get the interview. Like that's the part that just drives me insane. Uh, have I ever told you about the uh, my first? Because I told I just told you a second ago about the sports animal internship, and they just basically like handed me the job without any formal interview. Have I ever told you about my first radio station sports radio interview? No. Okay, I thought like I I'd, I'd probably told this story a ton. Um, maybe maybe I've only told it in certain places, but. Uh, I, I actually was on another podcast last week as a guest, and I told this story uh, because the podcast host was uh, had a job interview that day. So I was like, oh, this will be perfect. I'll tell the story. Nice. So um, I was interviewing for a sports radio job, and uh, I get to the interview. Well, let me start here. The night before, my friends end up talking me into going out and having a couple beers, right? Naturally, naturally. And despite my best effort to turn them down, um, I was peer pressured into ultimately saying yes, accepting the invitation and going out for a couple beers. A couple beers turns into many, many beers and multiple shots and like a 3 or 4 a.m. return home and uh, a very, very rough morning. So I think the interview was like around 11 or 11.30 it was, it was definitely before lunchtime, and when I got to the place, they were like, hey, why don't we go have lunch, uh, and we'll do the interview there. So we went to a Buffalo Wild Wings, and once again, this was before like everybody was there at noon. So we go to this Buffalo Wild Wings. It's uh, You know how most Buffalo Wild Wings have like the bar area that's kind of like separate from the like yeah. main dining area? Because so, they still like, sp- yeah, smoking they, in yeah, there. Yeah, because yeah. it's a smoking area, all that, so it's kind of like glassed in and separated. So we're in that part of the Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, the cool thing was they were, they like ordered drinks and they told me to get a drink. So uh, I got a Bloody Mary and uh, that that certainly like eased things. It, it helped me relax. It, it somewhat helped me recover. Um, so I, they, they hire me on the spot, get the job, like 
done deal. Like they were like, yeah, this is great. Let's do it. So I'm pretty psyched. Uh, so at one point I've got to go to the bathroom. So I excuse myself. I go to the bathroom. I'm standing at the urinal and I feel a fart coming and I just, you know, naturally let it go. And it wasn't a fart. Oh my, oh no. And it was bad, man. It was really bad. And I just shit my pants. No. And I'm like, oh man, like panic mode. I just, I'm at a job interview, right? Like, and I just shit my pants in the bathroom. And this is not a salvageable situation as is. Like, so I, I like kind of like waddle into the stall from the urinal so I can assess the situation further. Um, luckily, like I said, it was early enough in the day that the bathroom was really clean. So, right. uh, well, I kinda, it, wasn't, it was about to not be. Yeah. So I kind of like kick off my shoes, you know, and like wiggle my pants off so that I don't make this massive mess and I clean myself up the best way I can. But like, ultimately I can't go back out there. Like there's, there's just, you know, there's no way I can go back out there. So I sneak out of the Buffalo Wild Wings, get in my car, drive down the road looking for somewhere to buy some clothes or something to salvage the situation. Luckily, like three miles down the road, there was a Walmart Supercenter. So I go into the Walmart Supercenter. I go buy some stuff, change in the, in the changing room at Walmart, get back in my car, drive back come back into the Buffalo Wild Wings, like crouch down and basically crawl through the restaurant toward the bathroom area. And then when I get back over there, I like stand up and then like kind of walk back into the, to the bar area. Like, you know, nothing had ever happened. At least 30 minutes had passed, maybe longer. Like I, I don't, I don't even know how long went by. How, how different was the clothes that you entered the bathroom with and the clothes that you exit the bathroom with? Um, pretty similar actually. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess let me rephrase. Was it, was it just, you needed a new underwear situation or did you like, was it a pant situation too? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But it, I mean, it wasn't noticeable enough. Okay. As far, yeah. Okay. So, weren't um, you wearing, uh, what you wearing? Uh, no, you couldn't help but notice you're wearing uh board shorts now. Right. You're right. You went into the bathroom in slacks, but you came out in board shorts. That was, uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I walk back in and sit down and like, like I said, at least 30 minutes have passed, maybe longer. And they're just like, Oh man, that, that, that must've been a rough one. You know? I mean, cause obviously <laughs> they kind of radio, you're interviewing with radio, radio people. So. people yeah. Anybody that's they're in radio kind of, you know, will, out will of their mind, understand yeah. that. Yeah. So they're just like, Oh yeah, you got, uh, got a healthy dose of the, you know, the morning runs and, um, I'm just kind of play it off and I'm like, yep. And uh, I mean, literally a, got away with it. We continued drinking and uh, eating food, and we were right. probably there for like another hour. And uh, yeah, they never knew I got the job. How? I mean, there's probably a good chance that one of them crapped their pants at some point in that morning. Yeah, how awkward would that be if we were both at Walmart with uh, <laughs> New you know, a package of of underwear and pants at the at the self checkout? Hey man, I, that, that's best case scenario because then. Nobody could say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a nightmare. Uh, but look, I, I got through it. I faced adversity and, uh, I came through. Nice. Like if nothing else, that should have been a, like, 
if they had found out about it, then, you know, my response would have been like, look how I overcame adversity. Like clearly, you know, I can face the worst of situations, the shittiest of situations. Exactly. I can think on my feet, you know, somebody throws a curveball at me. I'm ready for it. I'm not just hitting fastballs. I'm, I'm hitting breaking balls too. Yeah. That's, that is, uh, I would have just, I would have probably, I don't know if I would have went back. I would have just left and just driven to Mexico. I would have went to Mexico or something. Like I couldn't show yeah. my face in, you know, in like this country for at least a year after that. I, yeah, I, I needed this job. So, um, like I, well, I, I was going to have to they had already, whatever it they had was already gonna... offered it to you. So yeah. what are they going to be like? Oh, you crapped your pants. We changed you, our mind. Yeah, no, yeah, no thing. Well, you've seen the, uh, you've seen stepbrothers, right? Where they're like, all right, yeah. you know, where Seth Rogen hires them. And he's like, all right, yeah, let's, you guys seem like cool guys. Let's do this. And then one of them farts and he's like, yeah, no, this yeah. isn't going to happen. Well, so it, that, that can't happen. Like <laughs> that was a movie. I'm just telling you, though, that like five minute period from the time that I crap my pants to like waddling into the stall and like basically assessing the situation and figuring out like what my game plan was going to be in the next move. Like that was as torturous of a five minute experience as I've ever had in my life. Like it was. Oh, I would I would have a full panic attack. Yeah. Especially if it's a job I wanted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this wasn't like, yeah. Yeah, I haven't crapped my pants at any job interviews. So, I've got that going for me. I did uh I did poop my pants uh while I was in a car with one of my girlfriends once though. That was That was traumatic. What the hell, dude? So I'm a very, uh, I think we talked about this before. I'm very anti-pooping in public. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, we were, uh, I, we had went to like downtown Austin for the day and like had done a bunch of stuff all day. I, I'd been with this girl for like maybe like two months at this point, maybe three. So still pretty new with the relationship. And then uh, we were driving back and we had lunch and stuff. I had like a big plate of like Cajun pasta at some restaurant. And uh, we were driving back, and she had her windows down. She was driving. I was in the passenger seat, and her friend was in the back seat. And uh, the windows were down, and I was like, "Man, I I feel like I got a I got a I got a fart." And so, uh, you know, I was working it and like you know manipulating it so like it didn't make any sound, and like I kind of just let it out like slowly. And then uh, I was you, like, "Okay." Oh. You were you were gonna sneak a fart in a car with two other individuals, one Dude, of them, was, one of which was your girlfriend. I felt like I was about to explode. Okay, like like I had to relieve some pressure. It just uh, instead of just you know, the, the valves just opened up a little too much. I don't know how else to say it. And, uh, <laughs> like, and I was like, uh oh. I, I did it. I like. I was like, all right. I let it. I opened it up a little bit, and I was like, uh oh, that. Did it make a well. sound? Like, were they aware no. of what happened? No, no. Okay. No, there was no sound, but it. The smell was lingering. There was a smell, and I was like, oh no. And I was like, uh, can you run me by my apartment? And she's like, yeah. And I went up to my apartment. I was there for like thirty minutes. I showered, and like. There's no way they didn't know. Like, because we still had like 20 minutes left of the drive before my apartment. 
Oh. So, like, there was never any sort of, like, understanding between anybody in the car as to what had happened. I never brought it up. So you, you shit your pants, and for 20 minutes, you just, like, rode and... I just didn't say anything. I sat nobody in silence. Sa- like, all of you sat in silence, like, smelling this, but nobody acknowledged what that there was a smell? I don't remember if they were talking to each other. I definitely was not speaking. And I, I wasn't going to, you know, point out the fact that there was a smell. Right. Uh, I don't know if they smelt it. I, I can't imagine that they didn't, but... I was hoping that maybe they just thought, oh, somebody farted. But then the smell just stayed for 20 minutes. And the windows were down, and I, I could smell it. And I was like, uh-oh, this is, this is – I'm about to be get dumped so hard. Oh. No, no pun intended. But she didn't break up with me, and it never got brought back up. So luckily we had that going for us. But that was pretty embarrassing. That was the – I think that's the only time – no, I know for a fact that's the only time as an adult I've I've uh, wow. sharked. Well, two things happen here. Either A, you're the luckiest person in the world and you were in a car with two people that literally have no sense of smell. I mean, if nobody acknowledged it, then like that's definitely a possibility. Like maybe because it was you, like you had a heightened sense of like the smell and what had happened. Right. Or B, and this also kind of makes you pretty lucky, um, like they smelled it they obviously understood that either you let out the worst fart of all time that was going to linger for 20 minutes or what had happened had happened and they were gracious enough to like not never acknowledge it and just let you like oh. sit there in peace there's a there's a 0.0001% chance that as soon as i got out of that car cuz they stayed in the car while i went up to my apartment yeah there's a zero Point zero 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 one percent chances the second that I stepped out of that car that they weren't like, so Aaron crapped his pants, right? And the other one's like, yeah, pretty sure he crapped his pants. There's no way that didn't happen. And then for the 20 minutes while I was up there cleaning yeah. up and changing, yeah. that they didn't just talk about it for the whole time about me crapping my pants. Yeah, or they just thought, like, he just let out the worst pre-poo fart in the history of the world. It lingered for 20 minutes, and now he's up there, like getting rid of it i maybe i did that too i don't know i just remember that i was i made them wait for a good 20 to 30 minutes dude that's that's awesome though that there was no confrontation or because like in my story i was alone luckily like i nobody else had to like experience you know what had happened in the bathroom whereas in your situation you're in a very confined space with two other people right there for an extended period of time that's in hot. Yeah, in that's hindsight, terrible. I kind of wish that somebody would have said something because it would make the story a lot better if there was some sort of acknowledgement or confrontation in the car. But there's probably yeah, you probably would have experienced like an extreme amount of embarrassment for like a brief period of time. But then it's just like everybody's like knows. Yeah, I knew that. I, yeah, I Instead, knew that. It, yeah, yeah. I've spent eleven years wondering if they knew. Dude. Okay. I don't, are you, are you like still on good terms with this person at all? Uh, I don't, I guess, uh, you should I've totally spoke- ask this week and find out like if they knew. No, absolutely not. No, no chance. That would be amazing. I would, I would talk to this person in like nine years. There's no chance I'm going to text them out of the blue and be like, Hey, 
Hey, did, I crap, you, did you know I crapped my pants in the car that one time? No just, chance. Yeah, just be like, hey, do you remember that time I crapped in my pants? And then if she says, like, no, then obviously you don't even have to, like, just be like, just kidding. No chance. No chance I'm contacting that person to ask that. That would be amazing. I, I would I, I, I would say the terms are okay, but not good enough. Okay. I, it would be All right. justified to text or to ask that. Fair enough. Yeah, that's uh, so. That's the you said that was the only time that's happened in your adult life. Yeah. Nice. Same for me. Usually, so. yeah, I'm usually pretty. Yeah. Pretty in control with that stuff, but it was a brutal day for me. It was a great day before that. I had a good time up until the time the time that I you know pooped my pants in her car. Right. So. I did a hundred percent come out in a completely different outfit, though. Oh, what? Did you just say like you wanted to change clothes? Yeah, we were. I think we were like going out and doing stuff. So like, I was like, oh, I was just walking around. It was in the summer. It's like, oh, I got sweaty in that, so I changed. So at least I think I had a pretty good excuse for changing my entire outfit. But yeah, that works then. There you go. I like it. Man, I really, I like, really want to know if they knew. I don't. Because I don't know. I've been in a car when somebody crapped their pants and literally like I was asleep. It was on like a road trip and I was asleep. And like when you're in that kind of confined space and this was even a minivan. So this wasn't even like a car. This was a minivan. I was in the face. Yeah. Like there's more space. I was in the very back and literally I'm laying down on that back seat of a minivan asleep and I wake up and I'm like, there's poop in here. I, I like, no other way to describe the reaction. It was just like, there's poop in the van. Wait, like they, did they poop their pants and it fell out? Or did they just like straight up just pulled their pants out and pooped in the van? No, in somebody the van? like accidentally pooped in their pants. Okay. Same, so like, same like thing as we're talking thing. about. But yeah, like, but it was, again, when you're in that sort of confined space, like, that's, you know, you're not getting away from it. Like, it was like, right. oh, whoa. Like, I was dead asleep. Yeah, that's I, that person's. They they gotta find a new ride. They gotta find a new way to get wherever you guys are going. Cause what if it's the person driving though? Why are they pooping their pants? <laughs> they're driving. If they need to poop, they they're in charge of the car stopping. <laughs> Man, listen, I've had this conversation many times throughout my life. I don't. I was asleep, so I don't know what the roadside situation was at the. Very minute matter. that this occurred. It, it, it doesn't matter. If you're at the point where you're about to poop in your car <laughs> and you're driving, you gotta figure something else out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't and here's the other thing. It was never acknowledged. Like your situation, like nobody mentioned anything in the car. I, I look we knew what were, happened. Everybody right. in the car knew what happened, but there was never a spoken word about it. Look. As human beings, we we struggle and we suck in a lot of ways. But I think that a, a grown person pooping themselves, yeah. As human beings, we at least have the common courtesy to know that that is one of the worst things, like embarrassments in the world, and we don't bring it up. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that we have the common courtesy to not just immediately point out the fact that that adult per- pooped their pants. Yeah. Um. 
I look, if that happens at the, like, I'm going to bring it up. Like the next time this happens, I'm bringing it up. And like you said, like, I think there's also this level of like, you can either experience the extreme embarrassment of being called out for what you have done, or you can sit there in agony for a half hour or 20 minutes or however long it takes, like hoping that everybody around you doesn't know, but you know, they probably do. I think best case scenario is bring it up. Like if you bring it up like a week or two later, after, you know, it's all settled and like, you know that they're not going to quit talking to you because you pooped your pants in the car. I think that's fine. Yeah. Either the immediate acknowledgement is terrible. And also the never acknowledging it is equally as bad because. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's something that needs to be acknowledged at some point. For sure. For sure. All right. Speaking of pooping our pants, speaking of pooping their pants, uh, how about the Clippers? Like yeah. that segue? That was nice. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if the Clippers are pooping their pants and Luca is uh, some ex-lax because he is just absolute. I mean, that dude is unreal. Where are you at on Luca? Do you like Luca? I, I, I love Luca. There's, yeah. yeah, I noticed there's been a bit of a contingent on Twitter the last uh, few weeks that are maybe getting a little fed up with his his complaining, but I don't... I don't feel like he complains any more than any of the other superstars. I was about to say, NBA. like, yes, he complains for sure. Is it, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, he hasn't been in enough big games where that's a big part of the big games, I guess, for it to reach a level. Like, He's for the longest time, though. I think, you know, Chris Paul's one of these guys that even though it's got, like, I think in Oklahoma City it was better. I felt like he was more hard-nosed in Oklahoma City and tough, but there were still moments, even when he played for the Thunder, where it was just like, "Come on, dude, stop complaining." Um, yeah. I but again, I I did feel like it was considerably less here than it was in maybe like Houston. I felt like it was bad. That entire Clippers team, I felt like was horrible about it. Like Doc Rivers, the, the whole group, I just felt like complained constantly. Um, he, Tim Duncan was a bad complainer. Tim Duncan's one of my favorite players ever. Every superstar complains. LeBron super, complains. Yeah. LeBron yeah. complains as much as anybody in the league. I'm sure Jordan did too. He just wasn't as animated about it. He was probably doing it on the sly. Like, right. It, I guess to be fair, I, I don't. I would imagine that uh, how the refs might have been afraid to make a call against MJ. So, I, look, and the complaining doesn't bother me. It never has because it's just a, it's part of the game. It's a strategy. Is it annoying? Sure. Would I prefer them to just play physical and play hard? Yeah, but if you can complain to the ref and get him to give you a call in the next, you know, in five minutes, it's worth taking that 15 seconds to plead your case because it does work a lot. I guarantee you that refs will, they give makeup calls all the time and they're not going to give makeup calls if they don't have those guys, you know, in their ear saying their piece. So is it annoying? Yeah, but I, I, it doesn't bother me necessarily because it's, it's part of the game. It's a strategy. It's just like flopping. Flopping is a stra- it's, it is a skill, and it's a strategy to win. And yeah. when you're in a yeah, when you're in the NBA, and the competition is so good, and you need every advantage you could get. If you know taking a if flopping and getting a charge, that could swing momentum right. in that in that game. So yeah, stuff like that doesn't bother me. But I, it, uh, it bothers me most when it's a situation of like. And we saw this a lot in that final year when Westbrook and, and Paul George were here. Like when you are, you have the ball, you're go, you drive into the lane, you shoot, you feel like you're fouled, and That's then you don't get the call. And then instead of like 
playing defense or going to the other end or still participating in the live action, you're over there bitching and moaning to the referees. That's when I'm like really turned off by it. But yeah, that, that if you're on the issue. officials and it doesn't impact like how you're helping your team, then, you know, so be it. Right. Right. The move is to run back and get on defense, get on, get on your guy. Or if you're playing a zone or whatever, get in your, your area. And then while you're playing defense, then you start yelling at the right. ref. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, wait for it, the next dead ball or whatever. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a. I mean, that's an individual situation, though. That's a Russell Westbrook can't wait, you know, ten seconds to start complaining to right. the ref that he didn't get fouled. Right. He's barking uh, at the ref. Meanwhile, there's a five on four on the other end, and and the opponent's getting a, a layup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Clippers, though. I mean, I, 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 I was about to say, this. are are you like more impressed with what Luca has done, or? like more disappointed in the Clippers, I guess. Like, well, we see, I, so I think that we're, we've really seen it over the past year and a half. And, uh, it becomes evident when you get into playoff games for the Clippers, how just, re- they're just too reliant on the jump shot. They're not, they're really not that well of a constructed team. Like you, you look at their roster and you think they should be really good. And I, I guess they're okay. They're the, you know they ended up being a four seed and they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. But I mean, if Paul George and Kawhi aren't hitting their jumpers, they're yeah they're not a they're not a difficult team to beat. We've seen that with in the first two games and Luca absolutely just rolling through them. And uh, I think what well, Tim Hardaway had a pretty good game last night too, right? He had twenty eight on nine of fourteen. And part of it too is like Dallas was just I mean. We're hitting all their shots. They almost shot sixty percent last night. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's an argument. There were fifty. There were eighteen to thirty four from three. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I I I think I'm. I think I'm more. On this, I, I'm less impressed with what Luca's doing because I think I kind of expected at this point. Okay. I know he's a top five player in the league. Yeah, uh, yeah, right for now. Sure. And it, first round of the playoffs, playing the Clippers, like I don't think that there's too much of a transition from regular season basketball to that situation, especially right now. Um, I'm not sure what it, do you know what the capacity, attendance capacity is at, in LA right now. It's, I don't. It's got to be no. low, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. But, I have uh, no idea. I don't either. So I, I, I'm impressed. I guess. Um, let, let me ask you this, because we haven't talked since uh, the playing games. How did you feel about the playing tournament? Uh, did nothing for me. I mean, the, I, the end of that Lakers-Warriors game was good, obviously. Fun. Like, that was fun drama. But, like, I thought I would enjoy them. Like, I I've, I was very much anti-playing tournament because of, like, the fact that there are just already too many teams that get this opportunity. And I didn't like how more watered down it makes the regular season. But at the same time, I thought, at least we'll get a couple of exciting games, you know, to kind of kick off the playoffs. No, I mean, the bottom line is, the majority of the time, there are multiple teams in the NBA postseason that really don't deserve to be playoff caliber teams. And that's what we're watching. We're watching teams. I mean, uh, you know, the Lakers are obviously a a massive exception, uh, and we kind of understand why they're in the position they're in. Uh, But... Like, you know, it just, we're talking about a bunch of teams that, that, uh, aren't playoff caliber teams. I mean, they're, they're, they're closer to lottery teams than they are playoff teams. So I, yeah, it didn't do much for me. 
I absolutely I hated it. I hate it. I hate the fact that they're probably going to do it again based off of one freaking game. They had one good game, and the, all the other games were terrible. Yeah. They were awful, awful games. And so, okay, first off, you would you rather have the Grizzlies in the playoffs or, or Steph Curry and the Warriors? Because if you don't have a play-in tournament, you get Steph Curry and the Warriors in the playoffs. And I understand they lost their two games, and yeah. they blew their chance to get into the playoffs, but that doesn't matter. Would you rather watch Steph Curry and the Warriors in the playoffs or the Grizzlies? Everybody would rather watch the Warriors in the playoffs. But because they lost, because LeBron James hit a 30-freaking-foot three-pointer and then they didn't show up to get play against the Grizzlies, they're out of the playoffs. And that's a—I mean, potentially— I think he's been the best player in the league this year. He probably won't win the MVP because the MVP hardly ever goes to a, a player on a team that doesn't finish in the top four seeds yeah. of a conference. So it's going to be highly unlikely that Steph ends up with it. But in the East, this like I, I guess like the Wizards getting in is fine, I guess. But none of those games were good. The Celtics absolutely destroyed the uh, – the Wizards in that first game, and then yeah. uh, the Wizards. Who did they beat? The uh, the Pacers. After Pacers. They lost to the Celtics and then beat the and Pacers. Beat the Pacers. Yeah. And the Pacers beat the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. It like it just. Do we like? Oh, look at this playing game. It's so much fun. Watch the twentieth best team in the NBA play the nineteenth best team in the yeah. NBA. Isn't this what you want to see, folks? Right. No, I, I don't. I don't want to see it. We've talked about it before. That there's too many teams getting the playoffs in the NBA, and. It's going to be like this every year because most years you're not going to get LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the playing tournament. Right. This like you're going to get the Spurs and Grizzlies with right. no you're going to get teams that are barely at 500 if not below. Well, and and I think part of this is like trying to capture that like one and done March Madness magic, right? Like there's but it doesn't even have that magic. For- no, it doesn't. And and a big reason why, Aaron, is because like for example, Let's just say two teams that we didn't watch one time in the regular season are playing in the NCAA tournament. That game is close, and the winner's moving on. The loser's going home. We're watching it because the winner of that game is going to advance, but it's not like they're just going to advance to this situation that is unwinnable. They can't win. Yeah. Right. Like It's it's only a one-game scenario. In the NBA, you win that one game, then you have to go beat the best team in the NBA four times. Like... It's, yeah. it's just very unrealistic as far as, like, having a team come out of that scenario and actually be a successful Cinderella. Could you imagine, like, the one seed gets a bye in the, in the NCAA tournament. Eight and nine play a one game, like, play one game to advance. And then they play a best of seven series against the one seed who didn't play the round right. before. Like, yeah. Right. It's stupid. Yeah. It's, it's not a fan. I I just I mean they're going to continue doing it because Twitter absolutely lost their mind over that Lakers Warriors yeah. game which was a lot of fun like like you said it was a good game and it was a lot of fun but they played 6 games in the playing tournament and one of them was good right that's not a good ratio to base this playing tournament being a success off of well and yeah and like you know I think again we all understand that the the Lakers situation is probably not what you're going to get most seasons definitely not so when you really look at it, I mean, you're probably not getting... The NBA is built on superstars. You're probably not getting a lot of superstars most years in those games. So, yeah, I, it doesn't do anything for me. And like I said at the beginning, like my main thing is 
why are we watering down the most watered down regular season in sports? It just it we're making it worse. And to add, to add six freaking games with yeah. the twentieth, like teams that are yeah somewhere between the seventeenth and twentieth best teams in the league. Right. I don't mind like I like I don't mind the games themselves. If they're not good, I'm not going to watch them. Like it, that doesn't bother me. It's the right. impact that it has on the 82 games prior. Right, and I'm sure if you have a playing tournament every year, I mean, some games are going to be good. They're going to be sure. fun, entertaining games, sure. but they really just don't have any long-lasting like effects on on the league. Because, like the Lakers, you could say, oh well, the Lakers had to go through the playing tournament. And they're going to win the title. Well, yeah, but if you didn't have a playing tournament, they end up in the same spot. They were all they were yeah, the they seventh were, seed exactly. Goal. They end up in the same spot in the same situation. You just put make those guys play two extra or an extra game, potentially two extra games for no reason. They're the they're they're the defending champs, right? And they had injuries all year. Like it's it's not really the scenario that uh, you're typically going to see. So I will I will say though, in, again, like I just said, the playing tournament would have made no difference if it didn't exist or it did exist. Suns Lakers is probably the best and most interesting first round matchup. And it's just by pure chance that the Lakers ended up being hurt all year. Yeah. Fell into that spot. But that series should be good. Um, I My favorite series is uh, Nuggets-Blazers just because, like, that was the hardest series for me to pick a winner in. Because um, I, mean, I, I just feel like, you know, th- those teams are so interesting in the way they match up. And, uh, I, I like, I picked the Blazers to win that series, but... I said uh, earlier this week, like, that's the one series that if if uh, somebody wanted to just be like, you're completely wrong, the Blazers aren't going to win. Like, I, I wouldn't put up a fight at all. Like, okay, so right. the Nuggets will, uh, fine. Like, I mean, it's, I, it's kind of like a coin flip series for me, but... If, eventually, Denver's got to figure it out in the playoffs, you would assume, right? I mean, either that or they're just going to perennially, perennially be perennial, perennial, like, second-round exits yeah. despite being one of the, you know, best rosters in the NBA. It's so disappointing they don't have Jamal Murray uh, because he was like, he was one of the stars of the bubble last year. And it kind of felt like this, this team for Denver, like this was the year for them to kind of take that next step, right? Like we, we see this a lot in, in sports in general. Like you have that team that like kind of arrives and the first time around, you just don't quite put it all together. And that's what it felt like was the case for Denver last year. Like, they had finally arrived where they're talented enough to get it done. But, you know, they got to that that level and uh, fell short. Now it kind of felt like, you know, they were going to learn from that. And this was going to be the season that if they were going to do it, they were going to put it together. And then, you know, not having Jamal Murray is just a massive, massive yeah. pain it- on that. It's, Yeah. It's so crazy to me, though, because you would think that Denver is a team that is built to play really well in the playoffs with the fact that, like, because they can go through Jokic and uh, you know, and their offense, that they should be able to dictate the pace really well, and their half-court offense should be yeah. exceptional. And usually that translates to winning in, in the playoffs. And I mean, they're not getting, you know, embarrassed in the playoffs by any means, but they just haven't really made a, a big run Uh Yet, with you know, since Jokic and Murray got there last year, you, you know, like you said, Murray really went off, but they didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals last year, right? Yeah, well, they, the yeah, they ran Lakers. into the the Lakers, Lakers in the second round. Yeah, yeah. which I mean, what are you going to do? That that team wasn't losing to anybody last year. And look, year, the but, year before, it was that incredible series with the Blazers, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, in the se- second round, right? Yeah, I think it was second round. It went seven, if I if I remember correctly. 
That sounds right. I don't remember. I think though. I think it went seven. Yeah. And then the Blazers lost to the uh, to the Warriors. Who did? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that was the year the Raptors won. Yeah. Yeah. And that the same year that Dame hit the shot against in Oklahoma City. But uh, right. Yeah. It. That I mean, the Western Conference is definitely more interesting as it is like every year, but. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I guess it's a little bit harder to predict. I think the East is definitely. I, mean, I know the East is definitely a lot easier to predict. I mean, Brooklyn is. I mean, they played out of their minds last night, and I don't think that that is something that is going to be difficult for them to replicate. What they did last night can be done every single night. Like ball movement's great. They have guys that can yeah. finish in every spot. Like it's you. You can't defend them. I mean, right. Even if all five of those guys are not having a good shooting game, they're still going to find a ton of buckets because there's not a guy that you can relax off of. Well, also, you those, I mean, the three guy, the three starters, or three stars, rather, those are three of the best players in the NBA at drawing fouls. So like you said, even if they're not hitting shots, yeah. they're probably going to get to the line 10 times each. Right. Like, it's not con- inconceivable that those three guys shoot 30 free throws between them yeah. in any in given night. And Remember then, how ridiculous people were when they got Blake Griffin and people well, he's he's done. He's washed up. Like, he's not an all-star caliber player anymore. Like, do you understand the position he's going into for Brooklyn and, like, what's going to be afforded to him, like, from an opportunity standpoint, based on, like, the attention that the three guys on the perimeter demand? Yeah, it's, I mean, he's just in there as a, a defensive center at this point. I mean, well, catch, and then I mean, just to just finish like when when yeah around the rim yeah 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 last Perfect. night the the net starters other than Blake Griffin who was four of six all of them took at least twelve shots and all of them shot at least fifty percent including Joe Harris who was seven of ten from three and that was yeah I mean when they traded for James Harden that was the thing that everybody immediately went to that just Joe Harris should be open for three every single yeah. time down the court and I mean pretty much has been for the entire season so. Yeah, that they're they're absolutely playing out of their minds, and I would be I, I will legitimately be shocked if they stay healthy and don't make it to the finals. And I think at that point, and I don't know if you agree, if they don't make it to the finals, it, it's a huge like letdown for that team. And you I mean you can't look at this season. Even if they go seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'll take it a step know. further, Aaron. Like, honestly, unless one of the, like, if they suffer a major injury, then this is out the window. Change but as it is right now, like, if they don't win the championship, I think it's a massive disappointment. There's nobody that can stop them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it has to be a disappointment. You're right. Uh, I mean, they've completely constructed this roster. They've made trades for, I mean, they brought in Kevin Durant. They brought in James Harden. Like, they're throwing all their chips in on the table, obviously, to win a title. Um, luckily for them, I don't think like all those guys are under contract next year, so they don't have to do it. They they'll get another chance, is what I'm saying. But right. yeah, it's still a huge disappointment because they are all healthy right now. Yeah, and if they all stay healthy, that might be the only opportunity they have where all three of those guys are healthy, and you have to take advantage of that situation. And based on the you know the regular season, the two games I've seen in the playoffs, like I don't, it's pretty likely that they're going to at least make it to the finals. Um, Milwaukee's playing really well right now in their series, so uh, they're going to have to get through a couple of good teams in Philly and Milwaukee, but 
mean, if my if I had to bet, I'm still taking the team that has Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Yes. And, you know, maybe the best spot-up shooter in the NBA right now with Joe Harris. Who's going to be open every time. Every time, yeah. yeah. And arguably one of the best finishers in NBA history in Blake Griffin. And, yeah, it's like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's... And they, and like, you think just, those guys are going to have four bad shooting nights in a seven-game series? No chance. And all three of those guys, the stars, if the other two guys aren't playing well, they're so good that they can win any game by themselves. And yes. they've done it at, They've done it plenty of times in their career. Yeah. I mean, James Harden has won dozens and dozens of games by himself in Houston. Kevin Durant, I mean, plenty of, his MVP year, he basically won all those games by himself. So, yeah, it's I mean, good luck, man. Good luck against that team. Um, it kind of bums me out, too. I mean, it makes it harder for me to watch the NBA, honestly, because I feel like there's a team that's just such a clear cut favorite that the Eastern Conference, especially in the first round, is just not as enticing to me. Like, I, I think that the Nets and the Lakers are really easy to root against. But yeah, but. I kind of want to see those teams face each other, right? Like, I, I want to see a Durant-LeBron finals. Again? With, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of a LeBron fatigue, honestly. Uh, who who I, would like, you rather see the Nets face, though? Like, to where you feel like you're going to get a really good series and... It's the most I mean, entertaining so, series you can get. Because I think Lakers-Nets would be the most yeah. entertaining series we could get. They're definitely going to give you the best matchup. Yeah. And the Lakers are going to push the Nets better than any other team probably in the finals. But uh, I'll just have to stay off Twitter because I, I can't handle like the fact that LeBron's yeah. been in the league for you know 17 years. And we still act like we've never seen him play basketball and are just like, I understand it's impressive what he's doing and we should be amazed and, you know, really appreciate it. But I mean, sometimes Twitter just acts like it's the first time they've ever seen him play basketball. Yeah. Like, can you I, imagine if good. Twitter were around it? Like when Jordan was doing what he was doing, Jordan on Twitter while he was playing. Oh, first off, he probably wouldn't have been on Twitter because uh, that would have been a distraction. But it also, he would have had a burner account, actually. Oh, absolutely. MJ would have been a burner account absolutely. guy. Absolutely. He would just get on there and just like vanity search his name for, for motivation. 1,000%. Something personal. Yeah. And talk shit on everybody that, that he felt like you know he needed to gain a mental edge against. Did you, uh, speaking of MJ, did you see the uh, Last Dance skit from Saturday Night Live? Oh, dude. Yes, I didn't see it. Uh, like I, I, I rarely watch Saturday Night Live, I know, so I, don't watch it. I wasn't watching it. But uh, I was made aware of it a couple days later and watched it, and it was amazing. So yeah, I good. Don't, I think SNL is like they're batting like two hundred probably these days. So I don't, yeah, I don't watch it. But I saw it pop up on my YouTube suggestions, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch this. And it was, uh, it was a rare home run for Saturday Night Live, but. Uh, <laughs> The security guy. I mean, it was so great. Oh, uh, I was I I was like on the verge of crying, laughing. Yeah, it was so good. Oh, uh, yeah. Amazing. Anyways, um, the NBA playoffs though, it's like 
has completely thrown off my sense of time, though, because it's May 26th. We should be well into the conference finals by this point. Yeah. And we're a couple of games in, like, we're getting the second game of the uh, other first-round games tonight. Yeah. So it's going to be a – I'd be pissed, honestly. If I'm an NBA player, and I, I know they're pissed, but, like, this, you're getting two years in a row with a shortened off season, and assuming that next year the plan is to start at a regular on the normal time frame. Yeah. But I mean, imagine being LeBron. You when you play all that, all you go all the way to the finals last year and win, and then you get like what a month of an off season, and then the next right. year, what if they go back to the finals? Right. And then you get a shortened off season again, and I'm 36 years old, still the star of the league. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'd be pissed. I'm sure that they are. But uh, yeah, I need to. I'm I'm checking in and in and out of bas- of the games right now in the first round. I typically the second round is when there's just so many games right now. I can't I can't commit seven hours in one night to watching. Oh, absolutely not. I I, I, like, I mean there are like there are series I don't even want to watch either team to be honest with you. Right. So second round I usually start tuning in. So like full games like I'll hit the double header. And watch both games, but yeah. yeah, it's right now. It's just it's too much. I'll probably pick like Suns Lakers. I'm gonna watch more of than you know like Mavs Clippers. Yeah. Like th- that the Clippers sure. just don't interest me. I don't like Paul George. Uh, I don't know. Kawhi's really good, but Kawhi's always just kind of been a he has never really been a fun player to watch because his style is just he's not he's very. Uh, I agree with that. He's not dynamic. Dyna- yeah. yeah. Obviously, he's really good. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best players in the NBA. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just not. He doesn't flash off the screen when he plays. Right. Which I mean, there's a point to say that you know, there's an appreciation because he's you know as a basketball fan. But right now, I wouldn't say I'm a huge NBA fan at the moment. So Kawhi's not going to be a must-watch for me right now. The uh, I the Seventy Sixers Wizards series does zero for me. Um, I'm a big John Morant fan, but the Grizzlies Jazz series does zero for me. And look, if the yeah, Grizzlies uh, really push it, then maybe I'll get interested. But as of right now, like I, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch teams. that series at all. Those are two. I mean, I'm not not from a playing style necessarily, but just from a like a like what you think of when you think of that brand. You can't get a more boring seri- matchup than Grizzlies Jazz. Right. Like those are two of like. Not necessarily warranted, but just two of the most boring teams you could think of. Yeah. Like, I think LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I think those Nets players, I think the Nets roster could switch to the Grizzlies, and I would be like, man, those Grizzlies are so boring. Yes, 1,000%. Yeah. The brand has, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a stigma now with that brand. Yeah. I don't want to watch the Grizzlies. Oh, and the Jazz. God. Jazz were the yeah. number one team in the NBA this year, and it's just like, oh. And they didn't freaking play... Donovan Mitchell in game one. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, I like Quinn Snyder though. I think he's a good coach and I've always, you know, thought that he was, uh, I know he's like high IQ basketball guy, but I enjoyed being around him when I was, you know, covering the NBA too. But yeah, I don't, that's gotta be a front office thing not to play Donovan Mitchell in game one, but He's a guy I was completely wrong on. I didn't think he was going to have a lot of NBA success, and he's been. I mean, um, he was. I mean, he's been really good. Yeah, I mean, he was good. He was okay at Louisville, right? Like, obviously, good enough to be a first round pick, but. No, 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 Quinn Snyder. Oh, Quinn Snyder. I thought, okay. Yeah. I 
yeah. Um, yeah, he's been really successful and, you know, luckily they've put together a good team in, in Utah. I mean, getting Jonathan Mitchell definitely really sped things up or really, sure. you know, flip things on a dime to the point where they have a superstar that can go get buckets. But I mean, I, I like Utah. I think they're, I think they're a good, I, I know they're a good team. I really like them. Mike Conley's playing better obviously this year than, uh, go bears. You know, he, we know what he is. He's go bears. He's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate every year, but still like, it's just the same thing. Like the, if LeBron James and Anthony Davis went to the jazz, I would still would have this idea in my mind that the jazz are boring. Yeah. So yeah, luckily we get that one, eight matchup. We could have Steph Curry in there. We could have Steph Curry against the jazz, but no, let's, uh, let's have a stupid playing tournament. And yeah, I mean, that, and that warriors team was terrible outside of Steph. That team was absolutely terrible. I don't know. I don't know what kind of season Andrew Wiggins had and like, you know, I, based on the numbers, like probably better than I'm giving him credit for. But I felt like when he was in Minnesota, every time I felt like I watched a Timberwolves game, Wiggins was like going off. Like I never watched a Minnesota game and Andrew Wiggins was playing bad. Like he was always playing out of his mind. And I was always like, and this guy's playing really well. Like I, he, he's way better than he's given credit for, or at least that was my perception because of you know, the fact that when I watched, uh, and I, you know, I'm not watching them every night, but when I watched, he was always on fire. It is the complete opposite thing in Golden State. Like, I don't think I've watched a single Warriors game since he's been on that team and, and seen him play well. Obviously, he's had good games for them, but I've never seen him play well one single time for the Golden State Warriors. Every time I've watched them, he has been miserable. So, this season, Wiggins... Average 18 points, five rebounds and two assists, and shot 48% from the field on 15 shots a game. So pretty comparable to his career averages. His points are yeah. down a little bit, but Steph's t- you know, taking more shots than you know Carl Anthony Towns was in Minnesota. But yeah. he's yeah, he's just never he's always just been. If if Andrew Wiggins is your second best player, then your team's not gonna have a good year. Right. Like he's just he's a guy that's gonna get, you know, sixteen points a game. He's not gonna do anything defensively. Yeah. He's probably not gonna hit a bunch of shots late in the game or even take a bunch of shots late in the game. So yeah, it's the fact that's like Steph Curry's had the year he's had and they they were the eighth best team in the Western Conference is I mean a testament to how good Steph was this year. And, you know, I wish he was in the playoffs because as much as I've hated Golden State over the past decade, it was hard. It's hard. It was hard not to root for that Warriors team this year, just with the roster that they had around Steph and Steph just doing what Steph has been doing. Because, yeah, I think I, I think Steph is one of the most easiest, like the easiest to like athletes in the world. He just it was in situations where, you know, it's not his fault necessarily. That Kevin Durant went to Golden State and they kept winning. Yeah, I like I, I think it's about his playing style, right? Like Steph Curry just the bottom line is Steph Curry's easily one of the top two or three most entertaining players in the NBA. Like yes. literally every time you watch him play, it's so much more entertaining than the majority of people out there. That's what I think it is. So like, you know, when they had the super team people were rooting against the Warriors, but, like, you're still enjoying watching Curry play because yeah, of his of style. 
And yeah. I think the same is true now. It's just because he's not on a super team, he's more likable. But I think the entertainment factor is still at the same level. Like, he's just, if he's playing, like, you're going to see something that you just don't get every night. And, you know, there are very few players in the NBA. That I mean, that's what separates, I think, the superstars from just the, you know, all-stars, if you will. Uh, those guys that, like, when they're on the floor, you know you're going to get something different than than anybody else is capable of. Like, it's it's going to be something special. Yeah, I mean, and think about it. I mean, the Warriors, after they got Kevin Durant, like, they, they were in a finals matchup against LeBron, and it was a complete wash. Like, nobody thought that the LeBron had even had a chance, and the Cavs had a chance. And then, I mean, obviously Toronto beat them, but, you know, KD went down with the Achilles injury and Clay tore his ACL, so... You know, they they beat Steph and Draymond, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I'm. I need the NBA to. I I need to get some good playoff games. I don't necessarily need them in the first round. I, I have low expectations for the first round, but once we get to the second round, I I need the NBA to come through because I'm a uh, I'm very down on the league right now. I'm uh I'm not excited. Like. I'm with you. I will be way more excited in the second round. But, like, it's not like across the board I'm going to be excited. Like, I, once again, the 76ers against the Hawks or the Knicks doesn't really excite me. Yeah. Um, the Jazz Grizzlies winner against the Clippers Mavs winner doesn't really excite me. I will be stoked to watch the Nets and the Bucks play. And then I will be stoked to watch the Denver Portland winner against the Phoenix Lakers winner. So the bottom, you know, the, the, Number two, two and three seed part of the bracket on both sides to me is interesting. The one and four, five seeds uh, on the top side of the bracket is does nothing for me even in the second round. Yeah, um, I is there a team that you're rooting for? Like if you're throwing your hat onto a team right now, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to not root for Phoenix. Um, I would say Phoenix so, or Portland for me, probably. Yeah. yeah. Somehow Chris Paul has completely just flipped the narrative on himself from going to a guy that's always viewed as a complainer and yeah. it was hard to like to a guy that everybody likes. Well, we literally watched it happen in, you in know, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, City, yeah. City last year. So, yeah. By the way, uh, shout out to Oklahoma City for having the, was it the fourth best odds in the lottery from the coin flip? Yes. Yeah, fourth. Yeah. So, hell, if Houston uh, ends up with five, Oklahoma City could have two top five picks. So, Presley's playing his... uh, I mean, that's how this thing was built originally, right? Kevin Durant and Jeff Green? Yeah. And then, uh, look, I I, I do appreciate that Presley acknowledged the fact that he'd rather this take 10 years and do it right and get back to where they were, you know, at the beginning of last decade, yeah. early in last decade, then, you know, try and rush it and be a team like they were in 2017 and 2018, where they've got some big name guys, but it just, it's just never going to click. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's, I think the part of the whole thunder thing that was lost in translation somewhat is when Kevin Durant left, like, the team was completely built to support Kevin's skill set. And all of a sudden, you have a completely different superstar as your lead guy, and you didn't have the right pieces to support Russell Westbrook as the star. And it was constantly, 
on top of like trying to potentially retain him on a long-term contract, like it was basically you're you're constantly in reactionary mode instead of like let's let's build it the right way. You were constantly reacting to like the chess pieces that were being played against you. So right. Um, I, you know, again, we can go back and say there were right moves and wrong moves and, and all that. And obviously it didn't work out, but I still believe given the circumstance, uh, of where they were at that point in time, regardless of what had happened in the past, where they were in that point in time, I, I still think Sam Presti for the most part pushed the right buttons. Well, I, yeah, I mean, hindsight obviously is twenty twenty, and there's, some argument that I, I think there's a good argument that trading Sabonis and Oladipo for Paul George probably worked out not in Oklahoma City's favor. Like looking at the way Sabonis is what he's turned into, it might have been better to keep Sabonis, especially if Paul George left, which he yeah. did. But I mean, at the time, like Sabonis was just like a, he was an okay rookie, and Oladipo was a guy that had massive ups and downs and Oladipo. I mean, I, I don't know if he's ever, he's, I pretty confident. He's probably never going to reach the heights that he was his first year in Indiana, just because he's, he's had oh, yeah. so many injuries. He was also like, just a again. bad pairing with Russell Westbrook. I mean, you he's have the same two, player. Yeah, yeah. Same player. You have two athletic guards that neither one of them is a massive threat. As far as shooting the ball, they both yeah. kind of need to be ball dominant. So that takes the other guy out of play significantly. And I've said this a million times, like, I don't know. Do we ever see Sabonis become the player that he became in Indiana if he's here? Because the Thunder Probably wanted not. him to be a corner three, a stretch, you know, a stretch four that was just going to go sit in the corner and shoot threes. Now, maybe they would have developed him further going forward, but they had Steven Adams playing the five, and they weren't going to put Sabonis they on the block. They were going to have two guys in the paint, yeah. Right. So, like, I, I think that Sabonis here was just destined to be a corner three-point shooter, and, and he never, I think, emerges to be the guy that Indiana is, is I, playing now. I, I guess that hindsight conversation is more that now. Like, fans looking at this Thunder team in 2021 and saying, well, if we had Shea and Sabonis right now, yeah, we'd be looking really good like in the near future. Um, but you are right. Like, schematically, like with Russell Westbrook, Sabonis was never going to develop into the player that he is because he's one of the absolute best players in the post in the NBA right now. And he's, he's a freaking dog down there in the paint, but he would never get that opportunity. Like you say, because Steven Adams was going to be there to box out for Russell and you can't have another guy in there, right? You're just clogging up the lane. Yeah. Russell needs the lane open to get his rebounds or to get drive to the basket. And Paul, I think Paul George was a really good pairing, you know, play style wise with Russell because Paul George is he, he's good nine times out of 10. He's going to take a jump shot. So, I mean, that's a great, much like Kevin, Kevin was never shy of taking jumpers from anywhere on the floor. So I think the pairing worked out well. The pairing I worked think- out well. And, and look, I think from a mentality standpoint, it sent the right message as far as where the organization was at that point that they were going to make the right moves to, to have the opportunity to maximize their window to win. Right. I just think that the hindsight thing is one, I, I, I don't think that Paul George has ever reached the heights that people thought he was capable of. Like he's like all like he's a perennial all star. He's a great player, but I think that people expected him to be a top five player, yeah. especially early in his time in Indiana. Like you watch them play, and you think, oh, by the time this guy's twenty eight, he's gonna be one of the five best players in the league. He's so athletic yeah. and so dynamic, and it's just 
it's never progressed to that point for some reason. Like there was a year in, uh, was it 2018 where up until the all-star break, he was probably the leading candidate for MVP and possibly defensive player of the year. Yeah, The last year in Oklahoma city. Yeah. 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 He, he was just, spectacular. Right. And then he couldn't finish the season at that, at that clip. And then I, I think that's just Had the kind shoulder of injuries, whole, right? Like it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think this is kind of his whole career, whether it's injuries or just whatever it might be. He's, He's had spurts where he's been an MVP caliber player, but he's just he can't maintain it over the course of a year. And then, you know, now he's playing with Russell or playing with uh, Kawhi, and he yeah. played with Russell. And it just, I don't know, it it just seems like one of those guys that's a great player, but just kind of missed the ball as far as what his potential was. At least in my opinion, that's how I kind of view yeah. him. Um, well, and I, I'll, I'll add add to that because I, I talked about this on Monday. Like, I think there's also this, like, players have a stigma about, like, how good they are. And part of that for young players is, like, let's see what happens when they get a few, like, playoff opportunities and how good they are in those moments. So there's, like, two ends of the spectrum. And then there's the other guys that have been obviously perennial all-stars. And then, you know, we've kind of seen them in a lot of these playoff scenarios and they come up short. So... Like, I, I think there's a difference in playing well, but your team's still not getting it done and not playing as well as, as you're expected to on the big stage when, you know, teams are actually game planning against you and trying to, you know, take away your strengths and force you into your weaknesses and, and all of that. And, you know, I think Paul George, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, I think is also in this category of guys that like, you know, when we get to the playoffs, we're kind of like, I don't know if we're going to get the same guy now. Uh, and that's what yeah. I think has kind of killed Paul George's star power somewhat. Um, I think Giannis is dangerously close to also kind of being on on that same plateau. Now, he's still young enough that, you know, I think we're all still, like, willing to give him more leash uh, as far as, like, what's still to come from him in the postseason. But, you know, if the Bucks like, get you know, next round just get waxed and he's not a factor like he's going to start being that same guy like you know he disappears in the playoffs he's not nearly the same elite caliber player when it matters and i, I thought about this in game 1 i'm like Giannis doesn't need the ball in his hands i don't know if you caught game 1 it went to overtime chris well, middleton that, hit the big shot but i'm like right that's what i was going to say the about guy, you can't have the ball in his hands right that's what i was going to say about Giannis i don't i think that the Giannis situation is more a mike Budenholzer and the and the way that they play in the playoffs, it's so e- it's just too easy to stop the Bucks when Giannis has the ball at the top yeah. of the three point line, and he, you know he's not going to shoot, so you just build a wall, and that's what every team has done every year. That or foul him, Giannis is yeah. in the playoffs, or foul him. Yeah, like just don't let him near the rim, and you're fine. And it's it's not that hard to you know come up with a game plan against the Bucks, and so far they in the playoffs at least they haven't been able to get through far enough to do any, you know, to make it to the finals, obviously, but yeah. And then people were talking about it earlier in the season. I don't remember if it was the guys on inside the NBA or her podcast, but that I listened to, but I mean, the Bucks should play Giannis as like Shaq. They should play him in the Shaq role. In the postseason for sure. Like you can get away with all the stuff that they do works in the regular season because teams aren't game planning for you the same way. They're just playing, right? They're they're just just playing. They're not going to dedicate all of their resources for 48 minutes to like taking away this one thing that happens in the playoffs. You have to change. It just. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you come, you go out and you give drew holiday a lot of money. 
you've got you pay Chris Middleton, like let those dudes contribute and you know, let Giannis be in a situation where he only is going to be able to, you know, exemplify his strengths or exaggerate his strengths and his strengths are around the rim. He's unstoppable. If you get him within fifteen feet of the basket, you're not stopping him. Yeah. And there's no reason that you can't just post him up like Shaq and just have him dunk on everybody because nobody's going to stop him in the paint. Agreed. Maybe maybe Embiid or Gobert or somebody like that can like really give him a run for his money in the paint. But for the most part, you should be able to run through the Eastern Conference playing that way. Yeah. Especially especially how good that team is defensively. Like, Agreed. Yeah. I, don't like, I, don't they, try to win the game 130 to 120. Go win 102 to 95. Exactly. Yeah, I I, uh, I I agree. They they don't maximize. I think what they they could. Um, but like the bottom line is, um, it falls on Giannis. And like if he comes up short in the postseason again, oh, the like, stick was on. yeah, it's on. Yeah, him. it's it's there. And I think we're you know we're kind of on that like we're on the warning track right now. So we'll see if if it uh, if it goes over the wall or not. But uh, yeah, I think Paul George is in that category. I think Russell Westbrook's in that category. Um, Giannis did, uh, is very much in danger of kind of reaching that point. Did Shaq have that uh, have that on him until he before he won that title with the Lakers? Was there was there a conversation around Shaq kind of being the guy that puts up great regular season numbers and puts up numbers but just never propels his team to titles? Well, you, I mean, Shaq was also in the Jordan era, so like there wasn't uh, like. Pretty much everybody in that era was kind of given a pass. Well, yeah, because well, I guess he, did. he was in the East in Orlando, right? Yeah, Dude, that's and, so crazy. Could you imagine a guy just being so good that like you're just like, well, these other teams, like, yeah, yeah but they couldn't. They had to play Jordan, so right. I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I guess Brady's kind of the same situation when he was with the Patriots, where everybody was like, well, yeah, but he had to go through Brady, so <laughs> yeah. you can't really, you know criticize them too much for never getting to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, so like I I think there was a little bit, but I don't think it was nearly like what we're talking about simply because um you know, he was young. I think well, he he's was, not much older than Giannis. Yeah, he was still emerging and then like, you know, you you had Jordan. So, uh I think what he, he went to so Jordan left uh and I thought what they they won like two years later, I think, with the Lakers after so Jordan retired. The Mag oh oh after the Lakers. The Lakers won their first title in the ninety nine two thousand season. And Jordan's last year was the, what, ninety eight? So we had the Spurs the Bulls, yeah. Knicks. Was it Spurs Knicks the year okay, after? Okay, no, Jordan? it was the next year. Okay, it was the next year. Two thousand two thousand Yeah, ninety nine two thousand season, the Lakers beat the Pacers. Ninety eight ninety nine was a the lockout year. And that was the year the Spurs beat the Knicks. Okay. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so he basically, there wasn't a lot of time that passed from the end of Jordan until Shaq had one on the board. Yeah, that's, so that's true. And he did, yeah. you know, the, he did go to the finals with Orlando. Right. Uh, obviously, it was a year Jordan came back, but. And that, that was pulled, when Hakeem Olajuwon was, you know, I mean, just. Just dominating, yeah. Playing insane. And that was a yeah. that was a young Orlando team. Like that, that was kind of their arrival. They weren't like they, solidified yet. Like that, you know, if that team had stuck together, uh, maybe there is the a title there. But in the playoffs, though, yeah, to the, on that, in their finals year, obviously it was Jordan. He just had been back for what like yeah two months at that point or something like that. But and that Bulls roster needed to change up a little some things. Obviously they did. I mean, they brought in yeah. Rodman after that season and won three more. But 
Yeah, I, I just, like I said, I think that and it's not even my original take. I think that if the Bucks played Giannis in a Shaq role and let Chris Middleton shoot, and they've got some shooters on that team, and let maybe Drew, you know, run the offense a little bit more, or maybe Chris run the offense. That I mean, they could they could make a run because they're defensively they're definitely built to give the Nets a run for their money. I think the Nets still probably win. Yeah, because agreed. You just the, as good as the Bucks are defensively, they don't have you know three guys that can shut down like Hall of Fame caliber scorers. Well, when the game is on the line, Chris Middleton's only going to hit so many shots, right? Like that's True. that's yeah. the bottom line. Like you, you know how to defend Giannis in those situations, and look, Chris Middleton's really good, uh, and he's going to hit some shots, but he can only hit so many. How about Trey? How crazy is it? How crazy is it to you that we were in a situation where? We were watching Trey Young play high school locally, and then like now he's like the the Madison Square Garden villain. Like, oh, it's, it's great! Like I don't know. That's, I just I think about that occasionally. Like being at his like at Norman North, watching him commit to OU, and then now yeah. he's in the NBA playoffs, like having Knicks fans boo him in Madison Square Garden because he's hitting game winning shots. It's uh, it's just a cool, it's, cool story. It's sure. wild. We've both obviously been to a million NBA games, been in a million NBA locker rooms, stood next to these monster, giant, you know, NBA players that are seven feet tall, and you know, every guy in the NBA basically is like a monster compared to like our size. But to to think about like standing at the side of the court, like before a Norman North game, watching Trey Young warm up and being like. This guy's my size, you know, yeah. like, to, Dude, like, to, and then like eighth grader. Is, that, is this the eighth right, grade game? Right. Like I, I remember being at a game and there was a guy, I, I, I don't know who he was. Some, some stranger. He was just like, which one's the, which one's Trey young, which one's the, the guy that's supposed to be like, you know, amazing. And I pointed at him. He's like, no way. Like he didn't even believe it. Like he was there to watch Trey young. Didn't really know who he was or what he looked like. And when I pointed him out, he was like, no, that, that right. guy's not like game a starts- top 10 like high school player in the country. It's not a five star. And then the game starts to his 50 points at halftime yeah. and hitting 30 footers. Yeah. He's high pulling the trigger one step across half court and yeah, yeah. just ridiculous. And then you're like, Oh, he's, he's yeah. Steph Curry. Okay. By the way, love Trey young, but uh, my guy, let's, let's get a buzz cut or something. <laughs> let's, we got to do something, bro. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, that, that series, like, I don't know. I kind of like that series, but like I neither one of those teams is I mean, a contender, they're not gonna so ride. like it yeah. it kind of it kind of feels hollow, but at the same time it, like this is this is a massive opportunity as far as Trey Young's star power in the league. Like this series is a massive sure. opportunity for him to take that next step into like, you know, on on the tiers of like NBA stardom, he's going to take a massive step up with a, a good playoff series here. And I honestly, I've never understood why Atlanta wasn't more of a free agent destination in the NBA. Like if I'm thinking of cities, that NBA players, I would imagine they'd love to be in Atlanta's got to be one of one of the top ones. I mean, we've all heard the, uh, the Atlanta hangover games. Yeah. So why not make that your home for 40, 41 games a year? And go have some fun, but uh, yeah, it's I, I I hope Trey. Obviously, I hope the Hawks win because 
watching Trey, it's just a much more exciting style of basketball, even if it's frustrating for 1, a lot of people. 1,000%, yes. To, you know, they complain about him, like, shooting into fouls and all that stuff, but he's, he's still way more fun to watch than – and I, I like Julius Randle and everything, but the Knicks team is they, – they, they have a very old-school style to them, I think. Yeah, for sure. They feel – like, if there's any team in the playoffs that feels like they play 90s basketball, it's probably the Knicks – but that I think that's out of a necessity that they just don't have a guard that's a, an elite level scorer. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're a, you're. I mean, you nailed it. So, just from an entertainment standpoint, I like to see Trey go against 76ers. Really, like you said, the series is just to determine who gets to lose to Philadelphia next round. But yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's one of those like I think Trey can really help his star power in this series. But like ultimately, what comes out of out of this series? Uh, I just I don't see either one of them really pushing the 76ers and then like Look, beyond that like no chance. If if the Hawks win the series and then they go maybe if they go 6 against Philadelphia and none of the games are blowouts. Yeah. I would consider that a huge success for that for Atlanta sure. team. For sure. Yeah. They've got cap room like they're young and like they've got money to play with. So, yeah, absolutely. If you can if you can really you know, paint a picture to the rest of the NBA that Trey Young is a superstar and that you can win with Trey Young, then I mean that that could be huge for getting guys to sign with Atlanta free agency or be willing to do, you know, okay, a trade to Atlanta, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh were you uh were you riding the Cameron Payne wave last night? Uh I, I missed the I missed that game last night, but uh, I saw that he had like eighteen points. I look the fact that he's still in the league is uh, yeah absolutely mind I would say mind boggling, but just it, impressive. He, it's not really just in the league, the league, Aaron, but like for a Playing. stretch, he was carrying the Suns yeah. in a playoff game against the defending champs. <laughs> I yeah. was like, it's, what is happening? I mean, what do you, but what was he supposed to do in Oklahoma city? Cause yeah, he was Russell's backup, but he plays absolutely nothing like Russell. Right. Like they didn't have shooters on that team. I, I, yeah, he, he was, I mean, obviously he's, he's, I would imagine he's improved. He's played longer and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, he wasn't really set up for much success in Oklahoma City. So, yeah, who knows? I, maybe this is what campaign is. Maybe he acted all the, the whole time he was a good backup bench player at point guard and I just couldn't figure out in Oklahoma City. I don't know. But, yeah, need to uh, fire up that campaign song again. Absolutely. I tweeted McCrite last night. I said uh, camp- oh, nice. campaign has earned a sequel. For sure. In the playoffs against the Lakers? Yeah. I mean, they lost, but, you know. Yeah. He was trending last night. So, yeah. yeah. Was, uh, two former Thunder point guards in that game last night. Yeah. Three. Chris Paul. Yeah. I forgot yeah. Chris Paul. I was kind of getting Schroeder. Yeah. And, Schroeder uh, and Cameron Payne. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of, uh, lot of, a lot a lot of former of Thunder players in the playoffs. Yeah. In the postseason. Yeah. Um, uh, last thing and I'll let you run. Okay. Kepka or DeShambo? You got to pick a side, man. I mean, I think I'm a, okay. What do I, my preference or who had I taken a fight? Uh, your preference. Um, I'm going to go Brooks. Okay. Only because I saw a video of Bryson working out and he was like trying to curl like these 80 pound dumbbells. Oh, yeah, but I saw that too. Like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like you're good. I don't work out that much. Like, but I know what you're doing. You look like an idiot. And yeah. 
you're not doing it right. Like, what, like nobody's impressed by it either because you just look like a you look absolutely ridiculous. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of thought you would pick Bryson just number one to be different. Because uh, I think Brooks is the, the the trendier dude for sure. For sure, yeah. And then number two, just because like Bryson's so unorthodox and like just goes against the grain in so many ways, I felt like you would have an appreciation for that. I yeah, I maybe I would have went Bryson until I saw that video, okay. and I just immediate he went immediately into the tool category for me. All right, like if you're gonna film yourself working out, at least make sure that you you're doing it right. Yeah. Sports betting AG released uh, odds if these guys were to fight in a charity boxing match. They have officially put odds on this. Have you seen this? I, mean, I would guess Bryson's the favorite. He's a little bit. A no. Little bit, oh, no. he's not. Brooks minus 180. Bryson plus 140. Okay, so pretty even odds for the most part. Have you heard the Have you heard the backstory about uh, Brooks? No, I don't. I didn't know that this was a thing until okay. I saw the clip of Brooks getting interviewed and okay. just getting completely pissed off by Bryson, like being in his yeah. presence. So they haven't liked each other for a long time. So the backstory that I heard was that uh, apparently Brooks said that Bryson was like annoyed by Bryson's pace of play, that he, he plays too slow. And I guess Bryson then said to Brooks's caddy, like, if he wants to talk to me, then he needs or talk about me. He needs to say it to my face. To which uh, that was relayed to Brooks, and I guess he obliged. Um, nice. So apparently, the story that I heard uh, was that after that is when Bryson, like all of a sudden, like started like lifting and pumping iron and getting really big. Well, okay, he's because, definitely a tool. So, yeah, I don't know. So like, so Brooks has always kind of like had the intimidation factor between the two, and Brooks might be responsible for the or at least partly responsible for the uh, bulking up on Bryson's side. But uh, there's, like, I think there's still a mental edge on Brooks' side, period. Yeah, look. Ah, man. You think the mental is on Brooks' side? Yeah. I don't know. Based on that interview, it seems like Bryson's in Brooks' head. I don't think he's in his head as much as, like, Brooks just hates that guy. Like just, yeah, just if you're, without if, without any shame at all, hates the guy. Not trying to cover head. it up. Yeah, then he's in his head. If Bryson wasn't in his head, then Brooks wouldn't have even noticed that he existed when he walked by. But Brooks couldn't get through an interview without having to stop because he was so mad about the about Bryson being in his presence. Bryson's in his head. There's no way he's not. He can't even get through it. He can't even get through a sentence without getting flustered when he's around. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really see it that way, I guess. I see it more as like Have they just, pair have they paired up? No. Or do, does a PGA like specifically like make sure those guys don't get paired together? I, I like dude, there would be there's nothing better for golf than to see those guys in a major tournament get, get a mic'd up together. Mike both of them up, yeah. Like Oh, that'd be so good. Just it wouldn't even be as much about the golf. Like you're gonna tune into all eighteen holes just to see like the the facial expressions from right. both guys when like one Absolutely. of them hits a big shot or hits a bad shot. I, this is a money making opportunity. Absolutely. Get, do, do a pro am two like a two V two pro am with Brooks and Bryson at, I don't know, whoever you want to throw, if you want to throw in Tom Brady and 
whoever or whatever like amateurs you want to throw in there. Just do it like a charity pro am Brooks versus Bryson and give them like because I, I think that it makes it more fun to have like an amateur there and kind of like throw in a wrinkle for the charity. But yeah, just mic them up and like go. It's not a PGA thing. So like you can just have them swear at each other. Like, yeah, yeah. put it on uh cable. I guess it, I don't know. I guess the golf network probably wouldn't be cool with it, but uh, like TNT, who did the who did the match with the uh, um, I I just think Triller should put it on. I mean, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We could do a series. We could do a golf tournament. We could do maybe like a putt putt tournament. We could do uh, a boxing match. Look, the last time I watched a Triller event, there was a slap fight refereed by Ric Flair. <sighs> I mean, there are endless possibilities with Triller in control of this thing of maximizing the uh, the hate between these two guys right now. I have friends I think, that ha- I've literally never heard talk about golf one time that talking I, ha- are talking about Brooks and Bryson this week. I just want to see them play golf against each other. I just yeah. want to see 18 holes of them having to stand next to each other Absolutely. for three and a half hours. Yes. 1,000%. Dude. We and and you know what? Make them ride cart. Make it, they can use. They have to use carts, and they have to ride together. Oh God, that would be perfect. No walking. You can't walk fifteen feet in front of that the other one. Like you have to sit next to that person on the cart, hold a hole. Who drives? Oh, that's up to them. They got to figure that out. First one to the cart, I guess. Like best shot each time, each swing, right. best shot gets gets their choice. And uh, the caddies aren't care- you. You, the, you can have caddies for the game for the match, but they don't carry the bags. Like you have to strap the bags in the cart, and then there we go. Oh, oh, maybe Brooks accidentally loosens the strap right before they take off, and all of Brooks, all of uh, Bryson's clubs fall off the back. Cart cam. I'm all for it. Look, let's, drama's uh, good. Hey, let's Not, turn like, this into yeah. like a cart race as well. Let's let's have a uh, let's have a Mario Kart style golf cart race between these two guys where they're racing golf carts, you know, down the fairways and you can use your golf clubs to swing. And like, I think, I think Jackass did something similar to this one. Yes, didn't did. turn out very well for them. No. Yeah. I, I'm all in on a series of like competitive semi sporting events. Has golf had like a very public, like hatred rivalry before, or at least like in the past 20 years. I'm not a big enough golf fan to know the answer not to either. that, but like, like Phil fun- and Tiger seemed like a friendly rivalry. Yeah, I think that was more of like a competitive rivalry than it was right. an individual rivalry. Like, I don't think those guys like hated each other as human beings. They just right. they competed with each other at the highest level, and, and both- then the media probably construed it like sure. Tiger needed somebody, sure. like he needed a foil, and Phil was a good guy to yes. get behind. He was the next best guy. Yeah, I right. mean. So I think it was more of that than like those guys like seeing each other and just being like, man, I really hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I never got that vibe. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, Phil, Phil's too likable, I think, to really have spark any that amount of hatred in anybody. I don't think Tiger likes him, but like, well, yeah, I mean, I, they're it, probably not like going to go hang out together, but. Yeah, but that they're not like there's not like complete contempt. I don't believe between no. the two guys like there is with Brooks and Bryson. Which, like, is like I just said, golf could use plenty yeah. more of that because it's not to a casual fan or somebody that's not a fan at all. It's 
you need something to spark, you know, you turning it on. And I, I would turn it on to watch those dudes play together. 1000%. Like I was, I was, uh, I was saying this to Eric yesterday. Like if those guys are paired together, it's not even about who's leading the tournament. It's literally like they don't even have to be in first place, but if they're paired together, that will get more views and more reaction than whoever's leading the golf tournament. It's who's winning between Brooks and Bryson. Oh, yeah, it's like we could be. Yeah, yeah, we could be in the Masters and those guys could be dueling it out for like 20th place, but playing against each other and more people would be interested in that than say like Justin Thomas leading the Masters. Right. It's just better TV. It's better entertainment yeah. to watch those two those two dudes hate each right. other. Yeah. This is a very sellable moment for golf to like here's the thing. Golf fans are going to watch golf no matter what, right? Like if you're a golf well, fan, yeah, you're watching golf no matter what. I don't like, know. You got to try to capitalize on the people that aren't watching every week. I don't know if there's a thing as a casual golf fan. Like there's a I guess there's like a like a Easter and Christmas golf fan where you just watch the majors. But, like, if you're an actual golf fan, like, you're kind of, like, insane about it. Like, you're watching the, right. the you know, U.S. Cellular Open. Exactly. In Spokane, Washington. Yeah, you're watching anyway. So, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not taking you into, into account because you're, you're watching it regardless of what's happening. I'm, I'm not watching, like, the U.S. Cellular Open, you know? Like, I'm, I'm Wait, watching they, the majors. I'm watching the Ryder Cup. Like, that's what I'm interested in. I don't care about the tur- like I don't care about the tournament that happens the week after the Masters, right? right. Like but I watch if- the Masters, I'll watch all four rounds, but like the next week, I'm not watching golf until like the next major rolls around. But if you found out on Wednesday that yes. Brooks and Bryson were paired together at the U.S. Cellular Open, absolutely, uh, you're probably turning on the golf channel all weekend, one thousand percent, and watching one thousand percent. It's just yeah, it's easy money. Ma- it's an easy money making opportunity for the PGA and for both of those golfers. They need to capitalize on it. Got to capitalize. Yeah, absolutely. All right, my friend. Um, that's it for me. Alrighty, that was uh, that was good. I feel uh, I feel a little out of out of touch with uh, the my NBA talk. So I need to I need to try and dive back into. It. I just I've said it a hundred times the past month. I just. I'm so down on the product right now. It's it's tough for me, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this. Not having fans, I think, has just really hurt the uh, entertainment value of watching NBA games. So for sure, yeah. All right, but at least we uh, we had a good 20 minutes on pooping our pants. So yeah, this was a uh, this was a very shitty episode. So <laughs> wow, <Well, yeah. laughs> I uh, glad no you could com- help with that. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Aaron Davis for joining me on today's episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. And we're saving you 15% when you order on the website, abotanicalcompany.com, discount code ColbyShow. That's abotanicalcompany.com, discount code Colby Show for 15% off your online order, Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Everybody stay safe, have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow.
podcast is over.